What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the 1412 Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Reclitis, and on this podcast, we want to inspire Christians who are hungry for the supernatural touch of God in their lives. Our guest today is Chad Johnson, and he has an amazing story of taking kingdom risk. I'm so excited for you to hear what he has to say. All right, today's guest is Chad Johnson. No, not the football player. Chad is a former music industry professional who quit his job and started a ministry called Come and Live. After a conversation with his wife in a coffee shop, Chad committed to an adventure with Jesus that he documented on his blog, 1000 Risks. He recently wrote a book of the same name, and I'm so excited to hear uh, what he has to say. Chad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Tanner. I'm stoked to be here. Awesome, man. So, uh, could you, you know, just to start off, could you... Yep. Like fill in the gaps of that introduction. Give give our listeners, um, you know, just some extra information about you. Sure. Yeah, man. I uh, where to start? Um, I, you know, I guess uh, I guess that that as I think back on my life, um, the maybe the thing that stands out to me most, and, and out of like in connection, I guess tying it together with the book, the chapter which um, I think is like maybe chapter 10, 11, somewhere in there. It's called Right Place, Right Time. Uh, the idea that that the best of things that have happened to me are not because I sought them out or I made them happen or I went after them, but because the generosity of God as a amazing, loving father was available to me and, and was placing me in in and positioning me where I never would have imagined being like the music industry you know like <laughs> I, I I had no place I did not belong in the music industry I, I should there's nothing about me that's professional I I am like the opposite of professional and uh, and yet for Jesus he he isn't I don't think he's looking for people that have it all together I think he's just looking for people that are saying I, I want I want to be used and I want you, God, to be glorified through my life. So I guess just the starting point and the encouragement to the listener is that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter who you are, what personality type, any of that stuff, that that the love of God for you is bigger than any of the parts that you possess over your life, you know, or even your whole life. And just be encouraged that that God loves to open doors that nobody can shut and to even shut doors that nobody can open. And I think that that there's just been a beauty uh, or maybe a beautiful reminder for me in realizing that, man, God, like God's really kind in, in mm-hmm. just placing me where I never could have or, or, or never would have deserved or earned a, a place. You know, he's inviting, he's inviting me, he's inviting you, he's inviting all of us um, to sit at the table that none of us deserve to be seated at. And, um, and so that's, that's basically been, the, yeah, the story of my life. <laughs> that's, inc- that's incredible. <laughs> in like three, in like three minutes or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Seated so, at the table that I didn't deserve to be seated at. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So in the book, you write about uh, this conversion experience that you said wasn't very genuine in nature uh where you were kind of in some trouble and you talk to your friend who's i believe is now your wife and you're like yeah yeah what should i do what should i do and she's like well you know could you talk about that yeah yeah that's great um yeah man it's it's crazy because what i what i was trying to say there was that I wasn't coming to Jesus with a heart full of faith. I wasn't like, I believe so strongly in Jesus right now. I'm just convinced that he's he's big enough to save me. Um, he's the man. I, I'm I, like, I know I'm going to be okay with him. Like, I didn't have any of that. I just, I was desperate. And I was, 
in a lot of trouble uh, over drugs and um, watching friends of mine that were being instantly shipped out of life in South America where I was living as a missionary kid and because of uh, local authorities that were about to imprison us for 10 years, no questions asked, that, that in that moment when I asked my friend Beth, now my wife, what I should do, her response of like, you just need Jesus, like you, you need to ask Jesus to help you. So when I did that, it's okay, if you're real, if you really are who you say you are, like essentially I challenge God, you know, if you're really the, the king of the universe, then, then yeah, like come, come save my soul. And uh, I need help, like so help me. And I think that that's <laughs> um, that's that's one of the beautiful things about Jesus is that he, even if and when we don't come with this like incredible confidence, which mo- I would argue that most people that come to Jesus at the start aren't like, okay, I ha- I am so theologically convinced that <laughs> I will now give him my life. Usually, it's because it's like, man, uh, things are so screwed up, or or this happened or that happened, and like. You know, so I, yeah, I just, but I just think it's a, it's a really amazing thing that Jesus invites us to come to him no matter where we're at. And, um, and so that's, yeah, it's cool how, how God used to, let me see, that would have been like 92, I think, 1992. So what's that, 26 years ago or something that, (laughs) that, um, yeah, that I had this, that, that, that experience with the Lord. And and it wasn't really, I, I would argue now based on, on, experiences with the Lord that it wasn't so much an experience like I didn't feel anything I didn't sense anything change I didn't there were no double rainbows there were no like uh crazy you know demonic angelic forces happening there was no deliverance there was no like supernatural anything it was just it, it just was like a a sinner telling the creator the perfect creator that he needed help and mm-hmm. And then going to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, wow, it's like, yeah. okay, I, I really need help. All right. And now I'm sleepy. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah. then in the book, you talk about like a decade later, you have what you mm-hmm. called a spiritual epiphany. Um, yeah. What, what did you realize and how did that change your life? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the epiphany that you're, that you're referring to and that I wrote about was realizing that, that being a privileged music professional working in working for a, a bunch of great very successful bands was not the calling that god had for me and so i think that was i think it was just realizing that man i i, I lo- i've loved this work it's really incredible I, I am very thankful for it i i don't for a second attribute any of it to my own abilities or my own um, connections or any of that but but purely as a gift from god but at the same time, I believe God's challenging me to enter into more. And there is more for me in Jesus if I am willing to ask him and to trust him. So that was the, that really was the epiphany, the, the like, wow, this I'm, I'm basically at the top of my career mountain, the most successful I've ever been in life, making uh, a, a lot of money, basically just listening to rock and roll music all day long and here I am realizing that there's more in Jesus and I'm pretty sure he's about to call me down off this mountain. (laughs) And so it's, you know, it just, just maybe the, the, the very awkward um, reality that music business 
was meant to be a season of my life, but not my identity. And not I don't think I, until until several years back did I even really begin unraveling, you know, issues of identity and intimacy with God. And when I first came across Todd White and Dan Moeller and Bob mm-hmm. Hazlitt and the, the Power and Love crew, like like until I attended a Power and Love conference, I really had no idea that I was a son. And and so even though I was beginning to act a little more like one, I still didn't really realize, I don't think the fullness, maybe still don't realize the fullness uh, of just how much God as a father is still calling me as a son or sons and daughters, you know, into um, constant communion with him. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, man. So that's, that was, yeah, that was wild because not only was it an epiphany, but it was a, it was like the epiphany was actionable. So it it wasn't just like, Oh, like, like I have this crazy revelation that, that went off light bulbs went off. And then I'm like, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> it was like, it was like the, you know, the the realization followed by the Holy Spirit calling me into surrender and inviting me into a life of deeper awakening to Jesus and for Jesus and through Jesus. So mm-hmm. beautiful. And right there, you talked about at the end, you talked about this power and love conference uh, for the listeners that that don't perhaps know what that is. Uh, yeah, could you? briefly share just what it is and then you know what happened there to you did did you have like an experience that changed the way you lived the rest of your life or you know just talk about that Ah. yeah man i um so by the way have you ever been to a power and love i have not but i was i i went to a conference at bethel church in october that todd white was at nice so so you had you you had a power and or a and love (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I've watched pretty much every power nice. and love video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have good. The so yeah, you have you have had your own <laughs> you've had your own personal power and love from the from the comfort of your room or yeah. wherever. That's that's amazing. Well, I can tell by the way that you've talked in the past and, and even in this that you uh, that you've had you have you yourself have experienced what the Lord's doing through that ministry because pa- power and love and I'm if I'm not mistaken, their website's just powerandlove.org. Um, but, um, so I think when I first discovered power and love was when a friend of mine, um, said he was, he was at, he worked at his church and he was like, yeah, there's this conference at my church. And I was like, I just had to run in cause I had some like audio visual problem and I was going to fix it. And then the speaker started speaking and then I basically stayed for four days straight. Um, I like couldn't leave because it was that inspiring and that challenging and, and so I, I was at a place in my life where I wanted to grow deeper with the Lord. And when when my friend said that he had been so touched and so moved, I thought, well, man, what do I have to lose? You know, like, I, so I just, I, I went all by myself. I drove 11 hours. Well, I, I drove with my family and dropped them off with, uh, f- with their, with my wife's brother and his family, like an hour and a half away. I drove back up to Jacksonville, Florida and I attended this three or four day, um, I would just call it, it's, it's like a school for Christians to help you understand who you are and, and how much Jesus loves the world through you. And so, yeah, I did have a very, I had a very powerful experience in, in beginning to understand who I am in the Lord and just how much he wants to use me to touch other people. And I, and until that point, it's not like I, it's not like that, that idea was like that crazy, but 
when you're surrounded by people who are just like, dude, God wants to use you to transform the world. And, and here's how, and here's what that can look like. And all the, all of a sudden it's like, man, this is not just some crazy idea. This is, this is really happening. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and people are really experiencing God in this way. So yeah, it's just a, it's an opportunity to, to be trained, um, for, a life of outreach, a life of risk, and I think that's that's actually why I wrote. Oftentimes in the book, I'm sh- I'm sure um, you picked up on this. I-, I wrote about developing a life of risk and mm-hmm. um, not just living on outreach, you know, because that in some ways outreach is a lot easier. Where where well, okay, let's all get stirred up, man. Let's get excited. Let's like let's get pumped, and you know, let's go do this thing. And okay, a week later we're home, and now we're like, oh man, dude, that was awesome. But, but there's like people around me and they're really freaky and scary. And like, I don't, I don't want to talk to any of them. And I don't want to, you know, it's like, wait, well, you went to Mexico and you prayed for everybody. And now you got home and you're in Minnesota and you're, you're all stressed out, you know, and like what happened? <laughs> so, yeah. so I think it's, I think that the Lord maybe through power and love began to, to, to help me realize that Mexico could, could be in Nashville, you know, or I could be in Nashville and I could still have powerful experiences with people through the Holy Spirit anywhere I went. And it didn't matter whether I was on a missions trip or at home or, you know, I could, I could be at a coffee shop. I could be at a brewery. I could be at a restaurant. I could be at a grocery store. I could be in an airplane. I I could be anywhere. And there, there could be opportunities for me to love people around me. And so, um, I think that's kind of what, what, yeah, what the Lord really did there in, in my heart. And I still do to this day, like yesterday, almost every week I will listen to on YouTube like you. I'll type in Dan Moeller identity or Todd White on this or Bob has it on this. And, and I'll go back through and I'll, I'll like listen to because I just want that man that I find so much encouragement and so much passion. And, I, you know, how do I maintain my own freshness with the Lord. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be a part of, of local churches and submitted to, to a local fellowship and community and all that we should, but, but there's something there, there was something really special that the Lord did through, through power and love. And not now I think it's lifestyle Christianity. And then I'm not, I actually, I think they're doing a bunch of rebranding. I don't know how, how that all works, but, um, yeah, but yeah, man, I want to go back to one. Have you, have you heard of the last reformation? Uh, they are from like Denmark, way away, right? Yeah. Denmark or something. Yeah, yeah. I heard about them through you. Okay. Yeah. So that, so they, I want to go to either one of their, uh, weekends or a power and love again, just, just because I, I feel like, man, I, I, no matter how much Jesus is doing or isn't doing in my life, there is always room for me to grow. And so mm-hmm. I just, it's like, I, you know, I just, I'm just really encouraged by some of the stuff I see happening in, in others building up the body, you know, and like yeah. that Ephesians four, like that's essentially why I wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. The secret, the secret is out. Yeah, Anna, don't tell anybody. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so moving on to the next question, um, could you like? So I remember the first risk I ever took. I prayed for my mm-hmm. brother, and it was the scariest thing I'd ever done in my life up to that point. Oh. So how, how old were you then, or how long ago is this? Um, I would have been, I want to say 17 at that time. Wow. Wow. And my brother had a, a knee issue 
and he's sitting downstairs like he's my brother right i should not be yeah, scared yeah. we're both christians right. but I, I was like yep. it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh and i told him this story <laughs> so he's totally going to be fine with me saying this but nice like, nice that's good i was i was just like freaking out and he's playing madden yep. and i was and finally i was like jerry can i pray for you and he's like yeah <laughs> like <what's> a, <laughs> yo why do you want to why do you want to do that and uh so prayed and like his knee didn't get any better he had to get surgery and uh, now he's like totally bought in and is like praying for people, seeing people get healed. Like it's, it's awesome. Wow. Um, but, you know, as I think of my first risk and I think of, you know, what life is like now, yeah. things have changed a lot. Uh, yep. Comfort levels as well as just like the boldness to step out. And you still struggle with that fear. So yep. for you, how have things uh, changed from the first risk you took to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to now? Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think in some ways when I, when Jesus gave me through my wife, the 1000 risks idea, I do believe it, it, that season that God gave me a, uh, a sweet grace for that season. And there in the natural, it, it helped to just have like risk numbers and keeping like journaling, even though I was using a blog, essentially I was journaling and and I would encourage anyone who's considering taking, uh, especially taking, taking me up on the 1000 risk idea. Uh, but it was really helpful to journal risks. And so when I, if I hit in a a discouraging season or, or like a season where it's like, man, I just, I I haven't prayed for people in a while or, or the last three times it didn't work out very well. Um, I could go back to risk number 115 and like read what God did or risk number 74. So every time that I would that I would document a risk it was like dude I just I just hit like risk number 382 like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think there was something about you know from that first risk and, and I had I had begun taking risks before the 1000 risk challenge but the the challenge the dare just kind of stepped it up and and so yeah there's still if anything there's it's probably harder now to maintain childlike innocence in risk taking because I've both seen so much and I've I've experienced so much that um that I think I just have to constantly say lord you know just keep me like a child and just keep me keep me humble keep me um low just keep me excited, you know, help me to help me to, to still be passionate about loving people. And like, you know, like Heidi Baker says to love the one in front of you, you know, like mm-hmm. help me to love the one in front of me. Cause, cause I still avoid people. I still don't take risk. I still, um, don't believe God for crazy things. You know, I still have so much room to grow. So that's why anytime I, I get the chance, if, if someone, looks at Chad and they're like, okay, Chad, he, he took a thousand risks. He wrote this book. Chad is essentially a professional Christian risk taker. And, and, uh, <laughs> but I feel like nothing's farther from the truth. I am, I'm still a son or a brother who is himself struggling with, I'm still fighting fear for an awkward, awesome life with Jesus. It's not like I graduated and I like, okay, I went to the four year college. Now I'm done. 
guys, I'm like totally successful. I killed it. I, I am doing an awesome job. I, it's like, man, I still have to wake up every day and say, Lord, help me today to love people because my tendency is still towards comfort. My tendency is still towards the natural, you know, like stay, playing it safe rather than taking risks. But I know that I know who God's called me to be and I know who he's positioned me to be and I know who he um, has paid a price for me to be. So, um, and, and really even beyond it being about who I am, it's I know who Jesus is and what mm-hmm. he wants to do. So, yeah, I guess I guess that I would just say that that hopefully the greatest encouragement that you and others will find from my life is that I'm still in the race with you. I'm not like I have not graduated from this race and mm-hmm. I have not um, I've not reached some kind of like superhero level where it's like, oh, dude, Chad, Chad's got a cape and a visor now that are really rad. <laughs> it's like, man, I still have some seriously awkward risks. I still have some seriously funny moments. And, and, and I still have some amazingly spiritually rich, crazy Jesus encounters that, that, um, that that are absolutely beautiful you know so it's i mean they're all beautiful and i guess that's part of part of it is just realizing that that um you know okay today there are there are opportunities for me to love someone and and um it's it's crazy it it is a really a really wild thing when i begin and continue to realize that the holy spirit helps sustain the work jesus begins in us and so um, learning to trust him, especially in the times, you know, and on the days and the seasons where it is harder is, is just as much part of the process as trusting him when it's super easy. And when it just, it's like, dude, I just saw blind eyes open. I just saw (laughs) someone get out of a wheelchair. Like I'm going to take, you know, there is a, a level I'm sure you could relate of spiritual adrenaline that does overtake you every time you experience the power of God, either in the prophetic or in healing or in deliverance or in salvation. You know, wow, like, yes, Jesus, that's so amazing. <laughs> um, and, and so I think it's just kind of um, lear- just learning to recognize that Jesus is present in at, at the, the high places just as much as he is in the valleys and, and that there is no nothing separates me or you from him and that we can grow regardless of where we're at you know even if i think man that's the craziest thing i've ever seen that you know that that there's still more in jesus and or mm-hmm. if i think this is this is the worst day of my life uh, that jesus is still absolutely with me and for me there so yeah, so I guess I guess I just say it's 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 the ability or, or the desire to just keep learning and keep growing. Totally wonderful. So I think uh, one thing that that I really want to hear is like share a favorite story. And I know you've done a great job of documenting this. Uh, different documentaries mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, check out the Come and Live YouTube page uh, for yeah. for those. There's the New Zealand documentary, which is the first thing. Well, actually, the first thing I ever watched was the Tommy Green video, and then the New Zealand documentary, and then, wow. um, you know, you made the, the Columbia one and, yeah. and multiple videos afterwards. Um, but could you just share, like, I just want to hear a, a favorite story of yours. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's so hard because there are so many that, that are so sweet. I mean, I, I guess that 
that probably my my all-time favorite story would be the one where I'm not going to share it in, in great detail because because otherwise uh, we'd be here for a while. But the the one that I that I documented and included in the book from Turkey, where um, where the middle-aged man threatened to cut our heads off, you know, mm-hmm. that during the No Longer Music show. I mean, that I think just the way that that story started. Uh, like one thing I've realized in writing a book is that is that tension is really important for a story to be good. And, and none of us watch movies that just start exciting and end exciting and never have any problems anywhere in between. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like my life was great. My life was great. My life was great. My life was great. That, that like nobody watches that. It's yeah. like my life was great. But then this really crazy thing, you know, my dog got hit by a car. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm just making up something stupid on the fly, <laughs> which is, is clearly not working very well for me. It's just because my dog is snoring next to me that I'm thinking about my dog. But, um, um, but anyway, there's there's drama, you know, there's like tension, there's pain, there's struggle, there's overcoming, there's persevering, there's all these these things. And so I think the fact that that story in Turkey started with a man threatening to cut my head off um, or to shoot me and then to watch the way in which God delivered me, not only delivered me from that story, but gave me the heart of Jesus toward that man, ultimately to the point of, of that man coming to repentance and inviting Jesus to be a savior, it is the kind of thing that, that I just, there's just no, it's, it's hard to think I will ever have a story better than that in the sense of like how crazy it started, how crazy it was in between and how it ended. But, um, but I just, I, I just feel like every, um, Every opportunity to love somebody, no no matter how extreme, you know, we, when we begin rating, you know, if I was, well, you know, I have yesterday I took a risk and it was like a two out of a 10. And then today <laughs> I took one and it was a 10 out of a 10. It's Gosh, like, that is so that, familiar. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, Jesus doesn't ever rate our obedience. I, it's either you you followed the Lord or you didn't. You said yes to the Lord or you didn't. And um and so I think it's a lot of it's just kind of confessing to God that um, that that any step of obedience, no matter how tiny it is, it is still received as a pleasing aroma to to God. And uh, and so one of the I'm, I'm teaching a class at, at my church right now, uh, a eight week seminar on one thousand risks and um, on, on developing a life of risk. And so the first risk that I ch- am, am, that I challenge this class to is just ask somebody their their name you know like intro like if you're the next time you're you're at the at the coffee shop or you're checking out groceries or you're eating a meal or whatever just ask the person their name you know like mm-hmm. that's crazy dude how how when you just say hey what's your name instantly you've set yourself apart and you have told that person that they matter more than than most likely um, just about any other person that they've seen or or had in front of them because that just doesn't happen and so mm-hmm. um, so anyway I just think that it's it's kind of celebrating celebrating risk no matter how small or how great because I'm pretty sure that's that's a, a, a more biblical approach than only celebrating the really crazy ones yeah. um, 
But um, yeah, I use something I used to do that I've been asking the Lord for more grace to step into as my life has gotten busier and as I've had more going on. It's become I used to take Fridays as days where I would fast uh, in the day and I would go take a couple hours and just go love on people and I would go out and just walk around and just like, all right, I'm just going to go walk around and see who I bump into and just like, hey, how can I pray for you? And uh, this this past Friday, which is the first time in a really long time where I just was like, I'm just going to go take a couple hours and, and run some errands and, and be really intentional uh, over that time. And it was it was awesome and super encouraging. Um, but, you know, a couple of them were 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 like like really encouraging words of knowledge uh, or, or really encouraging prophetic words or uh, you know, it's a couple of them, you know, kind of like a couple of crazy encounters and, and some of them were just like really bait, you know, that like, Hey, how can I pray for you? And it's like, Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Like, well, can I just say a quick prayer for you? Sure. You know, it's not, it doesn't really feel like that crazy, but, mm-hmm. but I just have to keep reminding myself that, that, um, that it's, it's just, it's all about living a life of love, you know, and, in treating others the way that I want to be treated, loving others the way that I want to be loved is, is, is it. So yeah, yeah, man. So thank thank you for asking so many great questions. Absolutely. Thank you for answering. Um, so we'll go. So this, I know you're, you're kind of running uh, short on time, but I want to ask one question because I think this is really important for people, uh, mm. you know, who want to develop a life, a life of risk. Sure. Uh, you know, how do you deal with the tension that I'm sure that you've experienced it? I know I have where risk taking becomes your identity. You're like, man, like, I mean, confession time. There have been times where I purposely like, I'm like, man, I would love to go out for lunch right now, but I will not do it because I'm, I'm just like, uh, like I know that if I go there, I'm going to feel like I have to take a risk. I got, I'm going to, you know, like that thing. How do you How do you live um, in the freedom of like, oh, this is this is f- like fun, and this yeah. is what God is actually calling me to do. It's not a burden. Yeah, right. No, that's a dude. That's that may be the most powerful question that I've been asked since writing the book because I, I it would take a risk taker to know that struggle, mm. um, and it is a struggle. Um, and, and and like you, there have been plenty of times where in the same way I'll be like, man. I really, I really don't want to go to the grocery store to get groceries because I know I'm going to see sick people. I know I'm going to see hurting people. And then I'm going to have to decide, like, uh, do I want to pray for them? You, you know, essentially, like, it's easier just to ignore them and, like, yeah. put my my fingers in my ears and, like, no, 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 no. Like, can't hear, <laughs> can't see, you know, close my eyes, can't hear anything, can't see anything. Um but when I just confess that to the Lord, and, and then one of the things that started from that New Zealand documentary that's really helped me is is just the the near daily prayer that I've been praying, which is Jesus, would you just give me one person that I can treat today the way you would? And so my goal for for a long time has has been a person a day that I can encourage, that I can pray for, that I can build up, and so that's made it. Some days there are many more people than one. Some days there aren't one. Some days I'm just here in this in this garage slash office, and uh, and uh, I'm on a I'm on a podcast recording when Brad my my uh, my UPS driver drops packages off, you know, and I <laughs> and so I can't I can't even interrupt the people that come to my door. But um, but then there are other days when man, there's 
you know, it's like I, by the grace of God, experienced a whole bunch of risks. I, I think it's just being honest with yourself and just saying, Lord, just just give me a give me your heart and help me to love one person today the way that you would love them. And usually once I have stepped out one time in a day, then of course it becomes much easier mm-hmm. to then like, oh man, thank you, Lord. And and just, but I, yeah, just when we're when we're out and when we're beginning to feel that pressure, I think just confessing it and calling it what it is. And because this, uh, I was on, a, I was flying to Australia a couple of years ago, and it was it was 2015. It was the busiest year of my life, travel travel wise. And I just felt like Jesus began convicting me that I was taking on a works based mentality. Like like when I was taking risks, I was feeling great about myself. When I wasn't taking risks. I was really down on myself and beating myself up. And he was just like, that's wrong. It's a mm-hmm. sin. You need to confess it. And, and I did. And I just found myself weeping uh, on, you know, like this flight from Los Angeles to, to Sydney, Australia. And like 15-hour flight. So two hours in. And I'm just like, it's like three in the morning. And I'm just bawling and, and confessing to the Lord. Like, sor- I'm so sorry that I have begun defining myself on the basis of what I do. And, uh, and that's not how God sees me. And so just, I think it, I, I think it, that is what the question you've asked and what we're talking about, that this is a, a common struggle for anyone desiring a life of obedience to the Holy Spirit. And, and we've got to recognize it and just bring it to the Lord and lay it at his feet and just admit, you know, this is, this, this is something that, uh, that we deal with and help us, uh, help us to break free of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's great, dude. That's an amazing question. Awesome. Well, that's the last yeah. question. I know you, you have to get out of here. Uh, you know. Yeah, man. Right I'm now. sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being um, the the hit and run podcaster today. Oh, no problem <laughs> at all. Hopefully, we can do this again. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. I'd love to. Along with this show coming out, I want to announce a giveaway of Chad's book. I'm going to be giving away four copies of the book to anyone who writes a review of the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher or really wherever you listen to podcasts, send a screenshot of your review to 1412podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 1412podcast at gmail.com. I'm really excited to get this book into four more hands, and I believe it's going to give you guys practical examples of what it looks like to love people like Jesus. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.